0: The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. The Dawn of War. It's a new book out in stores right now. It's the first in the Freedom and Faith series written by Molly Hoppert. And I'm really happy that Molly is right here with me now to chat all about it. Molly, thanks for being here on the show with me today.
1: No problem. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, this is great. The Dawn of War is out in stores right now. Can you tell me what this is all about?
1: The book is based basically in Montana. It takes place on a farm, and it kind of follows the lives of two sisters as they grow up, centered around the ending of the Depression and the beginning of when the United States entered World War II. And it follows their struggles and their experiences in life, falling in love, just growing up, all that fun stuff. Hmm.
0: What kinds of readers do you think would really be into this?
1: I don't know. I would be into it <laughs> but I'm a little biased. <laughs> I've had a few friends and family read it who have been interested in a lot of different books and I don't really have any specific type of readers in mind. I just I hope some people somewhere enjoy it.
0: How did you get the idea for this story? Can you go back and think about when you got the idea, the inspiration to start writing?
1: I was very young. I think I was twelve. I don't know exactly what inspired it. There have been a lot of things along the way, little things too, just one little experience or something that inspired a certain part of the book. As for one big main inspiration or what inspired it, I couldn't really say. It was kind of just a culmination of things, life experiences that I've experienced and relationships that I've been through and yeah.
0: Certainly a book, a long time in the making. Now, when you started actually writing it, was it something that took a long time?
1: It did, yes. Hmm. My biggest struggle was starting it. I had the idea for a long time before I actually decided that I wanted to write it. And when I did... I wasn't sure where to start exactly, and I was really overwhelmed by it, so I kind of put it off for a while. Multiple times I did start it, and then I didn't like the way that I had started it, so I would restart it, and I would delete everything, and I would start all over again. And I did that like five or six times before I finally found something that I liked. Mm.
0: What's your writing background look like? Is this your first time doing this kind of thing?
1: It's my first time finishing a book. I have many that I've started. Some are halfway done. Others, I only have a few pages. And others, I just they're just ideas that I wrote down. This is the first one that I've wrote all the way through and finished.
0: Yeah, I can really identify with that, you know, starting so many projects. But for some of us, it's so hard to just bring them to completions. So Molly, when you finally got that first copy, the physical copy of this in your hands and got to hold it, what was going through your head?
1: I was so excited, (laughs) I was like, I can't believe that I did this, that it's here, That it actually got printed. I was very excited, also nervous for people to read it.
0: And I'm sure you learned a lot along the way of publishing now for the first time, so what words of advice would you give to people who are just about to do the same thing?
1: I would say research it beforehand. I did, but I'd also say just go for it. (laughs) (laughs) I was nervous and I almost didn't submit my book because I didn't think it was good enough. And I was nervous that if I did get it published, no one would like it. So just be confident. Go for it. Give it your best.
0: Mm, Great advice. I said Dawn of War, this is the first in the Freedom and Faith series. So how far out do you have these planned?
1: I have three planned so far. Mm. I don't know if there'll be more after that, but right now there are three.
0: Do you find the writing getting easier as you go and write more books?
1: Yes, definitely, for sure.
0: Now, as you're doing all this, were there people in your life that you found inspirational and motivational along the way?
1: I did. My parents, definitely. Mm. And my older sister, too. I look up to her a lot and just friends, people that I'm around who have told me stories, been through things with me. They all are a part of it.
0: Mm. Molly, do you try to plan out maybe a time of day or a place that you like to write, or do you find yourself writing whenever the ideas come to you?
1: I usually just write whenever the ideas come to me. Sometimes I'll go weeks without writing, and then other times I'll go for days, and I just won't stop writing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This book is titled The Dawn of War. It's book one in the Freedom and Faith series, and this is written by Molly Hoppert. You can get this everywhere, like Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Thank you again, Molly, for stopping on the show, chatting with me, telling me all about the dawn of war and everything else you're working on. I had a really nice time talking with you.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Manic, Anxious, and the Pursuit of Meds. This is the new book. It's out in stores right now, written by Matthew J. Miller, and he's right here with me now to talk all about it. Matthew, thank you for joining me.
2: Yeah, hey, what's going on? Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you coming on the show and telling me all about manic, anxious, and the pursuit of meds. So tell me about it.
2: Yeah, sure. No, absolutely. Well, it kind of starts off just kind of going and giving a little bit of background of uh, mental health and kind of some struggles. Some struggles I had growing up, a lot of a lot of substance abuse issues. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of led to uh, forms of self-medicating in regards to mental health. but. You know, the book kind of goes and it gets into a period of my first teaching experience where I end up going experiencing uh, homelessness while I was living in Alaska, living out of my car for a few months, which was, you know, a little, little tricky, we'll say it's a little tricky. Unfortunately, that uh, kind of set off, it was a catalyst for about 10 years of PTSD. Hmm. I had a little bit of mental health combined with other things that hey, really, long story short, affected my ability to function well at the workplace, I'll say. Being able to hold down a job or work, I'll say it affected my career. My mental health affected my career. Hmm. After being able to go and experiencing you know all sorts of different experiences, things were going really well. And then I had a little bit of a, a mental health snafu after my mother passed. But, you know, it ultimately ended up being a very great time in my life because it led me to actually you know, go on seeking help. The book leaves off, which is odd. It was written, you know, I finished about two years ago, but so much has changed within the past two years, you know, that was really when things were starting to turn the page in regards to rewiring, I'll say.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But, you know, since then, I mean, I'm back to teaching. I actually took a year off teaching. With the time off, that I went uh, started doing other other hobbies or pursuing other interests. Uh, I'm actually a stand-up comedian, hmm. so I, I perform uh, in and around the Kansas City area, which is always a lot of fun.
0: I can imagine this book wasn't necessarily easy for you to write. What inspired you to write this? Being able to go
2: and help others, hmm. being able to help others. But truth be told, before it even became a book per se, I had a lot of uh, a lot of emotions, a lot of memories, and just a lot of uh, say things to work through that. I really couldn't articulate verbally to be able to go and speed up the processing of uh, such events. But I could actually go with writing, beginning of COVID, kind of finding the writing as, a, as an outlet or as a tool. Mm. So really just kind of chronicling my life, my experiences, and then that correlated into transitioning into a book. So I suppose, that was, I suppose that was my inspiration.
0: What do you think the chances are that you'll be writing and publishing more in the future?
2: Well, I already started. Manic, Anxious, and the Pursuit of Meds Part 2, mm. <laughs> which I'm still living the chapters. I'm still mm-hmm. living the chapters, so things have been on the upswing. I've gotten you know, I got a few chapters written down, but I'm no rush, no rush just yet.
0: Matthew, can you describe for me the moment that you got the first copy of Manic, Anxious, and the Pursuit of Meds in your hands and got to hold it? What were you feeling?
2: Oh, good gravy. That was awesome. Mm. It was absolutely fantastic. It was one of those things that the process in itself was so long, it was a waiting. It was a waiting period, the anticipation, and to be able to go and actually see the the physical, tangible representation of my hard work and my journey put towards to be able to go and help others, it was priceless. It was priceless.
0: A lot of people listening right now are authors who are just starting out. They want to write and publish as well. What advice could you give them, Matthew?
2: I'd say just start writing. I mean... Mm -hmm doesn't need to make any sense. It doesn't need to be <laughs> grammatically correct. It doesn't need to be anything, but like any kind of creation or project, just keep building, 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 but then start to take away, add mold, and that creation will start to build. That's what I'd recommend.
0: Matthew, what if I sit down to write? I feel inspired, but no words come out. I got nothing. How do you get through writer's block?
2: I would actually just recommend just doing a free write. Sometimes thinking is your biggest enemy. Like I said before, things may not always go and make sense right then and there. But any words that you can go and put down, you never know how you can blend them into whatever direction your literacy, you know, your literature is going to go. But in answer to be able to go and address the writer's block, I'd say turn off the thinking and just write whatever comes to your mind, whether it be random, whether it be anything. But then just move from there one day at a time.
0: I know a lot of people are going to be into this book. It's titled Manic, Anxious and the Pursuit of Meds. It's written by Matthew J. Miller, and it's published by Fulton Books. Of course, you can jump online, get this at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and you can also get it at traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Well, Matthew, it's been great having you on the show and finding out all about your work. I I hope we can talk again soon.
2: Absolutely. I'd love to. I appreciate it.
0: Joining me now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Cindy L. Rockwood. Cindy, thank you for being here with me. Thank you. You got a new book out in stores right now. It's available everywhere. It's called Abstract Realism, the Art of Cindy Rockwood Since 1991, A Spiritual Journey Through Visual Art by Cindy L. Rockwood. Can you tell me what readers can expect here?
4: What they can expect is they get a little bit of history, my history, with the text, which I had Chris Selmick do an interview with me, and then he wrote it up for me. I have done probably close to 3,000 works in my lifetime since college. Wow. Which was in 1987. I had these left over, and I had photographs of them. So I decided to culminate my old work into a book with what I had so I can start anew with a new project.
0: What kinds of readers do you think would really be into this, Cindy?
4: The artists, Mm. artists and maybe Hopefully, Christians, because it is about my coming to believe in Christ. Hmm.
0: When it comes to publishing, have you ever done anything like that before? Never. (laughs) Wow, I'm sure you learned a lot then along the way. What advice would you give to people who want to publish a book, but they're just starting out?
4: Oh, boy, that's a big question. (laughs) You have to be pretty on top of things, getting it together. It took me a year and a half to get all the info out and together. So just expect. That is not a quick process.
0: (laughs) And was this something that took a long time for you to put together and then put through the publishing process?
4: Yeah. This is years of my work, but to get the pages all set up for the order of the paintings, the order of my life, it took me about a year and a
0: half. Mm. So much of you went into this book. So, Cindy, can you tell me about that moment when you got the first physical copy in and you got to hold it and look at it for the first time? What was that like for you?
4: Oh my gosh, it was like, it's done. (laughs) (laughs) The reason why I wanted to do this book is because back in the early 2000s, they were having art shows on the East Coast called Abstract Realism, and there were several people claiming to be the first abstract realist. What encouraged this book was that I have five paintings called Abstract Reality, the first paintings that I did out of college, and I decided to call my work Abstract Realism quite a long time ago after that. So that was in 1991. So rather than saying I'm the first person to create this art style, I wanted to have it since 1991, not to shame those others, if you know what I mean. It was important for me to get my name out there as an Abstract Realist artist. I just moved to Maine five years ago. I have everything set up for me to do any galleries or museums or anything like that. So this was the first step that I've taken since I moved to Maine.
0: And for those of us who aren't familiar with abstract realism, Cindy, could you briefly give us an overview of what that involves?
4: Well, the basic overview is that I'm putting images together that don't belong together. Hmm. It's outlined in the first part of the book of what that is. And then I have examples of me throughout all these years of me trying on the abstract realism of doing just that, putting things together that don't seem to belong together.
0: Your life verse, Cindy, is Jeremiah 29, verses 11 to 13. Can you talk about that?
4: Yes. When I became a Christian, that was one of the first verses that was shown to me with my life that i've had before that which was pretty abusive as a child and all that it was important for me to understand that god has a plan for me and that is my life verse and when i clinged on to that verse i just felt god's protection and that everything was going to be okay and everything was planned and i didn't have to worry about planning anymore i mean i could have my ideas but I would let the Holy Spirit direct me into what was next. And that's how this book came about, too.
0: I think this book is really fascinating. It's called Abstract Realism, The Art of Cindy Rockwood Since 1991, A Spiritual Journey Through Visual Art by Cindy L. Rockwood. Of course, this is written by Cindy L. Rockwood, and it's published by Covenant Books. You can find this everywhere, like I said, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and at traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Well, Cindy, it's been fantastic having you on the show and learning all about your art. I I hope we can talk again soon sometime. Thank you. Sugar artist Roxanne Dickens has a new book out in stores called Jesus with a Side of Cake. And I'm really happy to be talking with Roxanne right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Roxanne, thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. Can you tell me all about your book, Jesus with a Side of Cake? I love the title.
5: It's a devotional journal based on sugar art creations, some of these creations takes months to make when it's for competition. Mm. So I decided I wanted that to count a little more for eternity and not so much for a ribbon or a paycheck.
0: (laughs) Can you go back and think about that moment when you got the inspiration, decided to sit down, write this book, and have it published?
5: Well, I thought about it for, I guess, posterity's sake. I wanted all that labor to count for something, and it was like the Holy Spirit just kind of led me to do something that would count beyond me.
0: Hmm. Roxanne, what kinds of readers do you think would really be into Jesus with a side of cake?
5: Well, originally I thought women, particularly those who were interested in, you know, baking cakes and cookies and creations like that. But my husband read the book, and he surprised me. (laughs) He loved it, Hmm. and he started promoting it. Wow. So I think it's really just for people who want to be inspired. Much of the content is our life and the things that I went through during each of these creations. And one of them was my husband's cancer and it was a miraculous healing. So I think he really appreciated that I shared how the church and the people of the Lord came together to minister
0: to us. Is this your first time writing or publishing, Roxanne?
5: Publishing, yes. I've written several. I have more I hope to get published.
0: Did Jesus with the Side of Cake take you a long time to put together and then publish?
5: It did because it was written through the course of time. Hmm. Some of the cakes I did 10 years ago.
0: You can learn so much along the way of writing a book and then getting it published. So, Roxanne, do you have any advice that you could give to authors who are just starting out and are going to embark on this journey as well?
5: Just get started. Just do it. <laughs> and then you can go back and correct and whatever needs to be done. But until you get started, it's just there.
0: And looking back over it all, you've been writing for a while. And now, what is the most rewarding aspect for you of being a published author?
5: It's just fulfilling, I guess, you know, that a goal came together and it was
0: accomplished. Now, sometimes the writing gets tough. You might get writer's block or just have a hard time coming up with where to go next. So, Roxanne, what do you do when those tough times happen?
5: I get away from it and I just go live my life. And sometimes when I go to bed at night, my head is just spinning and I just kinda of let it gel until it will come on and move on.
0: Are you talking about more writing in the future? Are you thinking about doing more around your sugar art?
5: Actually what I have written is more a novel, fiction. Hmm. I'm in the process of finishing the third in a trilogy.
0: Hmm. When you publish a book, you know you've written the words, but there's a lot more that goes into it. You gotta decide how it's gonna look, what the pictures are gonna be, what the covers gonna be like, and yours with your sugar art Photography was a big part of this. So can you go into how you decided what the book was going to look like visually?
5: Well, because it was my first publication, I decided to use photos that I had taken. I'm an okay photographer. I'm not the best. (laughs) But many of the sugar art pieces that I chose, I chose with an intent to show a purpose. For example, Mm -hmm. one of the cakes is about three feet tall. And that's a huge cake, Wow! but it was a humbling experience to make it. It didn't score all that high as far as the competition would go, but it was done during the time my husband spent more time in the hospital than he did at home. Mm. And I needed a distraction. Mm. Others I chose because one of them is a very simple cake. But it's one I made for my sister. It's a real cake. We ate it, and she enjoyed it. Mm. I did it to honor her. So each cake was chosen with the message that would go behind it.
0: Mm. I think a lot of people are going to enjoy this book. It's called Jesus with a Side of Cake. It's written by Roxanne Dickens, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can get this online, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes, and also at traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Roxanne, thank you for joining me on the show and telling me all about your art and Jesus with a side of cake. I hope we can talk again sometime.
5: Thank you, Corey. Thank you so much for having me. God bless you.
0: Sitting right next to me now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Dr. Lawrence E. Henry. Lawrence, thank you for joining me tonight. Oh, You're welcome. You've got a new book. It's out right now called Zipporah, Moses's Ethiopian Wife. Saves His Life on the Road to Glory, God Intercedes. What's this book all about?
6: Well, it's basically about Moses' wife, a lady by the name of Zipporah. She's the wife of Moses, who is considered the greatest prophet that God had. He was the one that initially gave us the Tenth Commandments. So that's what the book is about. The main theme of the book centers around Zipporah saving Moses' life. When God had threatened to kill Moses for allegedly failing to circumcise his two sons, her actions was actually saved Moses' life.
0: What kinds of readers do you think would really be interested in this book, Lawrence? Uh, I think my talking readers
6: are probably Christians, especially young black children, because you don't hear too much about black people in the Bible. But Tepora was a, a, a woman and she was black. What she'd done was very significant in uh, giving us the Tenth Commandments, but you never hear about her.
0: So how did the idea come to you to write this book, the whole idea about Zipporah and Moses?
6: Well, I, I had wrote another book about Ethiopia. In the book on Ethiopia, it covers how God used Ethiopians to spread Christianity. Hmm. But then I read over Zipporah, and I was astonished that I had not included her in my book on Ethiopia. I decided to just write a book about her, give her her own recognition.
0: I can imagine this might have been a book that took you a long time to write and then put through the publishing process. Is that accurate?
6: Yeah, it took a while, right around a year and a half, two years. Mm-hmm.
0: Have you given any thought to what's next? Or are you going to write more?
6: No, I had started writing a book called uh, The Blood of Jesus, but I. That project is sort of put on a hold, so I don't know if I'm going to complete it or not.
0: Lawrence, you're a veteran now of the writing process. What advice would you give to authors who are just starting out?
6: Follow your heart. If it's something about you or something about your experience that may help other people, put it in writing. Because you never know. Each one of us has something to share
0: in our lifetime years of work went into this lawrence like you said so what was that moment like for you when you got the first physical copy you got to look at it for the first time what was that like
6: oh it was mind-boggling hmm. especially when i saw the cover in search of wisdom was the first book and the publishing company done such a great job with the cover and with the information done an excellent job editing it so when i had it in my hand my heart just felt like pouncing out of my, my body, so mm. I was quite excited.
0: Now, looking back over it all, you're a published author. A lot goes into it. To you, what's the most rewarding thing about being a published author?
6: My reading of the Bible, and especially when I read other people's work, I thought I thought I had something to share. This is stuff that's already in the Bible, but it, a lot of times it's stuff that we overlook hmm. and we just take for granted. If we follow the wording of the Bible, I think uh, as a society and as a person, we'll be much better off.
0: I know a lot of my listeners are going to be interested in this book. It's titled, Zipporah, Moses' Ethiopian Wife, Saves His Life. On the Road to Glory, God Intercedes. This is written by Dr. Lawrence E. Henry, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. Of course, you can get this everywhere, like Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Well, Lawrence, it's been great speaking with you here. Thanks again for coming on the show with me today.
6: Well, thanks for having me. I, I appreciate the, the interview.
0: Joining me now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Shandell Berryman Howell. Shandell, thanks for being here with me tonight.
7: Thank you, Corey. I appreciate the opportunity. Hello to you and everyone. <laughs>
0: I really appreciate you being here with me. You've got a new book out in stores. It's really exciting. It's called Hunger to Lead, The Desire to Live Up to God's Expectations of a Victorious Leader. Can you tell me all about this?
7: Absolutely, Corey. This book has been a great opportunity for me to not only share my experiences with so many future readers and leaders, it is a book just authentically about doing the right thing, leading with compassion, leading to help others through servant leadership. And I provide a great area of personal experience through those seven chapters to help in sharing examples from the Bible, as well as aligning that with how I was able to accomplish and overcome my leadership skills and abilities. Mm -hmm.
0: So were you aiming primarily at leadership within the church as your audience for this?
7: The purpose of this book is to share the importance of leading with compassion and authenticity for any reader. This is not just isolated to those that are serving within ministry at churches, but this is to share amongst those who are getting to know the importance of leadership and beyond what to expect from your leaders. While there is very important examples from the Bible, which to give reference for those to read, this is open up to any and all audiences that would love to understand what should be expected as a servant leader, how is one serving as a leader today, and to also help in sharing stories about leadership, because that's what we all are ultimately here to do, is to prepare our future leaders for great success as well.
0: How did you get the idea for this, Shandell? What inspired you to write Hunger to Lead?
7: Oh, Corey, I had a great experience over two years ago. I was just traveling to look for a vehicle in my local area here in Virginia, and the Holy Spirit actually assigned me to just stop at a particular dealership. And while I did not purchase a car that day, there was an experience in meeting the finance manager who, long story short, met my mother four years prior, and she delivered a message to my mother four years prior. She helped my mom. And just that year in 2020, my mother shared with me that story. So this finance manager just so happened to be there. And I thanked her for helping my mom, for talking with my mom over four years prior. And she had a message for me that day. And that message for me was that God called me to write a book, and the purpose of this book was something that I already knew and I was doing. And at one moment, I was a little hesitant in listening, but she grabbed my attention when she said some words that only the relationship that I've had with God, God has said to me. And the word she said was, "And God said, "Stop acting like Moses." And when she said that, I was compelled to listen more and what the message that she said that God relayed to her. So when I left that dealership, I went home and I prayed. And within an hour, Corey, I had every chapter, the title, the subtitle of every chapter written out, just by allowing myself to sit and be humbled and really trust and have faith that what I was told was true. And within a week, I finished a chapter and I kind of became hesitant a little bit in completing the book. And then at that moment, that was when God used my little son, who was diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder when he was two and a half and was nonverbal for two and a half years of his life. He was just starting to articulate and use his words more. And he said so clearly to me, What are you waiting for? Finish it. Wow, And I knew for me that was a message that this book had to be done. Hmm.
0: The title of the book is Hunger to Lead, The Desire to Live Up to God's Expectations of a Victorious Leader. It's written by Shandell Berryman Howell, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. Jump online and grab this at Amazon and Barnes & Noble and iTunes and also down the street at your local bookshop. Shandell, thanks for stopping on the show again and telling me all about Hunger to Lead. I had a really nice time talking.
7: You too, Corey. It's been an absolute pleasure. Be blessed.
0: I just had to read the title to this book, and I knew I'd be interested in knowing what it has to say. It's titled How to Make Love Last Forever. It's written by Norman E. Lyons, Jr., and I'm really happy that Norman is right here on the show with me now to talk all about it. Norman, thanks for being here. Yes, thanks for having me. It's great you have this book out, How to Make Love Last Forever. Can you tell me what this is all about?
8: Yes, really, it's a book based on relationship. It's something just everybody is looking to be loved, everybody wants to be loved. And so I thought it was just a need for this to be written. So here I am, How to Make Love Last Forever.
0: What sorts of readers were you reaching out to with this?
8: For ages that are really looking for a relationship, So, maybe you can look at an age between 21 years of age and up. So, this is really about relationship and then marriage. Now, I'm a pastor, so I do believe in marriage. I'm trying to reach those who are looking for serious relationships or just anybody to help develop their relationship as well. Hmm.
0: Norman, what inspired you to sit down and get started writing this?
8: I said it was a need. I'm a full time pastor and also. I work full time as well, and so I work around a lot of men. I counsel folks on marriage counseling. That is before I do counseling, premarital counseling, and then post after the after marriage. And so I saw a need for people that were looking really deepen their relationship or relationships that were in trouble something that would give them a guide. This book is really like a guide, what you can do in order to make your relationship more loving, more intense. So that's what, I was, what prompted me to write it, because I saw a need.
0: Mm. Have you ever written or published before this?
8: Well, I did a collective a book with my church. They did a book on discipleship, and I had a part on who is a disciple, and I was written You know, with my name on my portion of it. But as far as singular work, no, this would be my first book.
0: Mm, congratulations. D- did this take you a long time to do then?
8: Yes, because of my schedule. Like I said, mm-hmm. full time pastor, I work full time. Then, you know, I have my own family and other responsibilities. Mm-hmm. So it really took me about two years, I believe, to write this.
0: And after those two years, what was it like when you finally got that first copy in and you got to hold it in your hands?
8: It was a feeling of joy pride, because what I do, one of the things I try to every year list goals, and one of my goals was to become a published author. Mm. And so that was one of the things, and it was a sense of accomplishment for me.
0: Mm. Do you have plans for more now after this?
8: Yes. In fact, I know there's two more books that I have in me that I would like to write I'll just say it before I leave the planet, <laughs> two more books I would like to write. Well, that's fantastic.
0: Norman, a lot of people listening right now are authors just starting out. So, do you have any advice for them?
8: Yeah. To me, if you have a burning desire or something, a zeal inside you to communicate something to people and to the world, I would encourage them to follow their passion to write. There's, there's so many things people. As I was saying, go unaccomplished. Mm. And we really don't know what we can accomplish until we sit down and try. And so I would encourage them if they have something I can say, if it's burning zeal inside you to really just take the time. You have to take time, sit down and begin writing what it is you would like to convey to the people.
0: Mm. Norman, what happens when you do sit down to write and nothing's coming out, no words are hitting the page, you don't have any idea where to go next? How do you get through something like writer's block or the hard times?
8: Yeah, Sometimes you have to uh, put your uh, book up, your notebook up, your computer up, and really sometimes you have to just go out and do some other things. To me, once you begin to do other things and thoughts come into your mind, because I know I would have thoughts. I'm not even sitting down actually at my computer, not really writing. And then I may go out, see something, or something comes into my mind. I would note it, and then it gives me something to go back and begin to write. So sometimes you have to take a break, put it down, and walk away from
0: it. I know there are a lot of readers out there who are going to be inspired and encouraged by this book. It's titled How to Make Love Last Forever. It's written by Norman E. Lyons, Jr., and is published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can jump online and get this at Amazon and Barnes & Noble and iTunes and also down the street at your traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Norman, thanks again for joining me on the show here and telling me all about how to make love last forever. I hope we can talk again soon sometime.
8: Yes, I would like that. But I've enjoyed and thank you again for having me.
0: I think we all have times in our lives when we feel like we're not worthy of God's blessings. And author Amanda Roberts talks all about that in her new book, Who Are You, Woman at the Well? Amanda is sitting right here with me now to talk all about it. Amanda, thank you for joining me at the show tonight.
3: Well, thank you for inviting me.
0: It's really wonderful to have you here. Can you tell me all about Who Are You, Woman at the Well?
3: Yes, that's actually my second children's Christian book. My first one is How Much Does God Love the Birds? The Woman at the Well has just been a scripture that was on my heart for so long. The first line in the book, it says, who are you, woman at the well? Even without a name, your story has been brought to fame. And it's like that line was just placed on my heart one day by the Lord, and I couldn't get it off, so I just wrote it down. I just went with it. And it is just about how unworthy we are, but how much worth he sees in us, despite, you know, what we do and how much he, he loves us unconditionally, no matter what we do.
0: Amanda, what ages of children do you think would really enjoy this?
3: I've had people buy my book for, you know, as young as newborn, they read it to them from birth to, you know, my daughter is seven years old and she still loves to read the book and and loves to hear the, you know, the true meaning behind the story. So I would say anywhere from birth to 10 or 12 years old, the older they get, the more they can comprehend about the true, a true message.
0: Was this book something that was a long process to write and publish?
3: It took me around eight or nine months for the whole process. I don't feel like it took me any time to write it, to be honest. Once I wrote it down and surrendered it to the Lord, it just rolled out. But the process with the publishing company, that took a little bit of time. So it took me about nine months from start to finish to get it out into the public.
0: And I know the illustrations were a big part of that. Was that a challenging part of the process for you?
3: It was, so I'm not creative in the artistic way Mm -hmm. (laughs) at all. So I used an illustrator, but I tried to describe every page in detail what I envisioned for my book. And they hit it right on. They did awesome.
0: Hmm. There's nothing like seeing your finished product after all that hard work. So what does it feel like when you get the first copy and you get to hold it and look at it for the first time?
3: It's a little unreal. You're thinking, wow, I actually wrote a book. That's my name on there. (laughs) It's just a blessing to see what God can do through you. I mean, me by myself, I would have never been able to accomplish that. But with his help and his guidance, he made it all possible.
0: A lot of people listening right now are thinking just that, you know, it's, it's such a daunting thing to write a whole book and to publish it. It's such a big undertaking. So what advice would you have for those who are just starting out in this?
3: I would just say surrender it all to the Lord. Pray about what he wants you to write about. I'm an elementary teacher, I'm a certified librarian, so I love books, always dreamt of writing a children's book. Mm. And whenever this thought was placed on my heart, I thought, you know, I could write any kind of children's book, but it was seemed that until I surrendered the content of my book to the Lord, that nothing flowed, nothing seemed to come out. I was able to produce nothing until it came to him. My advice would just be to follow him and obey him because he can make it all work.
0: So looking back over everything, all of your writing and your publishing and all the people you're reaching, What's the most rewarding aspect for you of being a published author?
3: Just that I know whenever my name is ever mentioned or if it's in public, if it ever is brought to fame, it's for glorifying the Lord. Hmm. There may not be 10 people who read my book, but I want my witness to be for him. And that's the most rewarding thing to think that I can glorify his name in at least one person's life in this world.
0: Hmm. Amanda, it sounds like writing is a really easy thing for you. Does it ever get tough? Do you ever get writer's block or anything like that?
3: Oh, I did. I did multiple times. And I would just have to stop, close it all out, pray over it, just say, you know, Lord, just show me what you want me to write. And I would take a break and read a little bit more of the scripture, study about, you know, whatever of the content that I was writing between the two books. And seemed like whenever I would take a break and pray and try to be patient with myself, it would help a lot.
0: Hmm. It's not easy to take on something like this alone, Amanda. So did you have people in your life who knew you were doing this and they could be there to back you up, encourage you, motivate you?
3: The only person who knew until my book actually came out was my husband. I had told him it had been in my heart, and I typed it all up, typed up my rough draft, and I just sent it to him in an email. And he was just so proud. He's always been very supportive. Um, I didn't tell anybody until I got the first copy in my hand, and that's when I would mail it out to my family, and I took it over to my family's house. and They were so surprised, and my whole community, my church, my family, they've been very supportive ever since.
0: I know a lot of children, a lot of families are going to get a lot from this book. It's titled, Who Are You, Woman at the Well? It's written by Amanda Roberts, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores, these are all places that you'll be able to find this book. Amanda, thank you again for joining me here on the show tonight. I had a great time chatting with you.
3: Well, I greatly appreciate it. I had a wonderful time as well.
0: Meet Me in the Morning. It's the new book in stores right now, written by Alinda C. Daniels. And I'm really happy that Alinda is right here with me now to tell me all about it. Alinda, welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable.
2: Well,
9: thank you. I'm glad to be here.
0: it's great to have you on the show today. Can you tell me all about Meet Me in the Morning? What's it all about?
9: It's a book of encouragement. I picked the title out because I had thoughts of meeting with my friends in the morning and sharing the poems, and hopefully touching their hearts and their souls and picking them up in the mornings.
0: What kinds of readers do you think would really be into this book?
9: Well, readers of all age, but I was particularly choosing or looking at the retirees.
0: Linda, can you tell me about that moment whenever you got the idea and were inspired to write this book and publish it?
9: I was going down the highway and I had crossed the bridge over Lake Kiwi and I was seeing the sunrise and I thought it was such a beautiful morning. And I had a bunch of poems written and I thought they would fit into the scenery of the sunrise and in the morning. That inspired me to write the book. Hmm.
0: Did it take you a long time to write and then put through the publishing process?
9: Yeah, not too long. The publishers were great and great to work with, Hmm. and they uh, made sure that it was what I wanted before they published it, which was great that they worked with me that way.
0: Is this your first time when it comes to writing and publishing?
9: No, this was actually my fourth book.
0: Hmm. And when you finally got that first copy in the mail after all that time working on this, what was that moment like for you?
9: Oh, I thought it was beautiful. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was so pretty.
0: Do you have plans for more writing and getting more published in the future?
9: I've got one more that may be in the works, but it's going to be a while. I've got some surgery coming up, and i got to get that taken care of first.
0: And now that you've been writing and publishing, what to you is the most rewarding aspect of being a published author?
9: Well, like I said, touching people's heart and soul is what my intent is. Mm. Hopefully my words will extend my heartfelt feelings to those that are in need and hope they find comfort, you know, in reading my pages.
0: Linda, a lot of people listening to us right now are authors who are just starting out. So do you have any advice that you could give them?
9: Mainly just get you a thought in mind. And a lot of mine was based on individual experience. A lot of mine was inspirational. A lot of mine were spoke to God and God spoke to me, and I just encourage them to stop and think about what they want to write in words and what they want to express to the readers.
0: Alinda, mm. were there people in your life who knew you were doing this and were there to help inspire and motivate you?
9: Oh, yes. I had my family. I had three sisters. I had my son. I had my daughter who is deceased and my husband, who is deceased. But now they were a lot of inspirations, too. Even though they were gone, they were still, you know, a part of me and a part of my heart and one part of my soul. I just felt the need to express my feelings when it come to losing them and hope that other people would get some kind of desire, some kind of satisfaction out of the words that I wrote.
0: Mm. Alinda, when you sit down to write, how do you get through the times when you get maybe writer's block or maybe having trouble coming up with ideas? How do you get through that?
9: Mainly just stop and put it down for a while and think about it and think about what I want to do. And it'll come back to me.
0: When you write, do you have a certain time and a place that you like to try to write, maybe first thing in the morning or maybe at night at a certain place? Or do you find yourself writing whenever the ideas and the inspiration come to you?
9: A lot of times I write when the ideas come. I have not been known to write at 3 a.m. in the morning (laughs) because that's when the inspiration strikes. I always have a pen and pencil and paper nearby.
0: Mm, Very smart. I know a lot of people listening right now are really going to be into this book. It's titled Meet Me in the Morning. It's written by Alinda C. Daniels, and it's published by Covenant Books. You can get this online at Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, or iTunes, or at traditional brick-and-mortar stores, too. Alinda, thank you so much for joining me here tonight and telling me all about Meet Me in the Morning. I hope we can do this sometime again soon.
9: I hope so. I've enjoyed it. Thank you.
0: I love dogs, and that's why I'm really excited to be talking with Charlotte Waycard about her new book, Life with Riv, A Dog's Guide to the San Francisco Bay Area and Beyond. Charlotte, thank you so much for joining me here on the show.
10: Thanks for having me. I'd be glad to tell you about my dogs.
0: (laughs) That's fantastic. I'm really interested in this book. Like I said, I love dogs, and this is about a dog that's been really special to you.
10: Yes. And, you know, so many people have told me, I mean, they love their dogs. They have numerous dogs. And this dog is my son's dog. He's huge. He's like 85 pounds. Oh, my gosh. Very well behaved and sweet. Everyone loves this dog. People call up my son and ask him, may I take Riv to the restaurant? Because they want to meet other people, I guess. (laughs) And the dog is so nice that they like to take him everywhere.
0: That's what I understand, and he's welcome everywhere he goes.
10: He's welcome everywhere. You'd be surprised. He's well-behaved. They let us into restaurants, nice restaurants, in Napa Valley. You wouldn't believe the treatment that we get, and they bring the dog treats, and it's just a nice experience, and I'm the only one a little nervous because my son's not nervous about what his dog is going to do because he's such a good dog.
0: Mhm. So, this is a dog's guide to the San Francisco Bay Area and beyond. So is this a book for dogs and dog owners only?
10: No, not really. When I wrote the book, I really thought he's such a great dog, a well-behaved dog, so well behaved that he's in, and cute, he's fluffy and cute that he's invited into everywhere and so it's really for children and their parents, anybody who wants a dog, single people who want to have a companion, they would all benefit by having I like this certain type of dog, doodle dog, mm. seems to be really popular and a good companion.
0: Mm. How long did Life with Riv take you to write?
10: Well, actually, I was out in California with my husband and myself with my son. And when we got home, I knew I can tell you when I had this light bulb moment when I wanted to write this book. So I wrote it in one week. No, three weeks. I wrote it in three weeks. Mm. But I had the idea sitting at a restaurant called Angelie in Napa Valley. We had 20 people come up to us, patrons from the restaurant, and they wanted to know, who is that dog? What is that dog's name? What is he all about? What kind of dog was he? Mm. 20 people. Wow. I've never had 20 people approach me for anything. (laughs) It was a light bulb moment. And right away, I thought, I'm writing this book. Wow. Yeah.
0: And is this the first time you've done something like this, writing a book and publishing?
10: Yes. Yes, it is. It was my first book. I do have a journalism background, and I wrote PR pieces for my son's schools and letters to the editor, nothing I was employed by. So this was my first book. I never thought I'd really write a book. I didn't think I'd find something interesting and so much fun until I met this dog and it was like another experience so it was yeah it was like a light bulb moment took me three weeks once I got home Hmm. I had photographs a lot of photographs to work with and so I put together the book in three weeks and I laid out the book just like I wanted it in about three weeks and I sent it off to my publisher
0: then you got to tell me about that moment when you finally got the first copy and you got to hold it in your hands what was that moment like for you Charlotte?
10: It was, you know, pretty unreal because I had, you know, lived through COVID like everybody. I didn't have COVID, but, you know, our whole, all of our lives were surrounded with COVID and sometimes disasters and publishing slowed down a lot. And so it took a long time to get the book done. So I was really elated when I saw the book and I'm kind of shocking in a way because my son, I don't think he ever thought I would write a book mom writing a book, no way. <laughs> and so he was pretty surprised. You know, I kind of did it. I did it for him. And I think that he was surprised I actually finished it and got a publisher.
0: Wow. Well, I think readers everywhere are going to love this book. It's called Life with Riv, A Dog's Guide to the San Francisco Bay Area and Beyond. This is written by Charlotte Wakehart, and it's published by Fulton Books. You can find this everywhere, like online at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes and Google Play, and also down the street at traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Well, Charlotte, it's been wonderful talking with you today and learning all about Riv. Thanks for being on the show.
10: Thanks for having me, and I hope you enjoy my book. People tell me it's kind of a charming story, and that's kind of why I wrote it. One reason I wrote it, I wanted to talk about this charming dog. Thank you for calling.